0: Okay, today's guest is not only one of the finest players to ever wear the North Melbourne jumper, he holds a record for the most games played by an individual in VFL-AFL history with a lazy 432. Winning five best and fairest, a premiership, for all All-Australian call-ups, and captaining the Roos in Australia for the International Rules Series, this man has more impressive records than most players have played matches. He's one of the most skillful, loyal, toughest and determined champions the footy world has ever seen and it's my great privilege to welcome Mr. Brent Boomer Harvey. Boomer, how are you, mate? I'm going okay. Thanks for the
1: introduction. It always makes me sound like a better footballer than I was, so I'm happy
0: with that. No, mate, it's spot on. You were a champion. (laughs) I've got to ask you though the first question. Everyone wants to know, mate, how much are you benching at the moment? Because you look in incredible shape. You look fitter than you were (laughs) playing, mate. How are you going?
1: Uh, let's, we can say that COVID was actually good for me because unfortunately I lost my uh, my job at the Kangaroos and I didn't do much for six months. The kids were homeschooling, so I built myself a home gym and uh, yeah. and I did a lot of running. So I started doing some some half marathon stuff, turned um, out a couple of them and uh, and spent a fair bit of my time in the gym. So that's probably the reason why I look good. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I feel, I feel actually feeling. I feel really good obviously we had a year off football as well at local yep. football where I'm still playing and no knocks obviously helps so uh, the body's feeling great at the minute
0: yeah brilliant and you mentioned local footy you kicked a lazy five on the weekend but your brother kicked his thousandth goal for North Heidelberg on Saturday what an achievement mate how good was that to be a part of
1: yeah it was actually really really good I was trying to kick the ball to him a fair bit to try to get it to him but uh, yeah. unfortunately I had numbers back a fair bit uh, he ended up getting it, I think in the third quarter he needed to kick his thousandth and um uh, it's a great achievement to the first player in, in the Northern Football League to, mm. to do that. Um, the thing is, when you think of somebody to do that, you think of a, you know, you picture like a Tony Lockett type of guy, yeah. stay at home forward. Shane spent his first two years up on the wings, so it's an mm. amazing achievement. I think this is his 12th year coming up, so it averages out to about 85 goals a year, which is a, an enormous effort for a, for a guy that's only, you know, one, I think you one hundred and seventy nine, hundred eighty centimetres. So, yeah. Um, that's it. yeah, it was good. And it was to be there and see the crowd run on, my kids ran on, uh, his kids ran on, so my nephews, and it was just really good to be part of. It was, uh, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, awesome. So, other than local footy, mate, what have you been up to? You've been back at the club a couple couple times a week now. Can you tell us about that quickly?
1: Yeah, so so I work at North Melbourne on Match Day Runner, obviously. Yep. Um, and during the week, I do a couple of days' work with just the young guys mainly the first and second year is just being a bit of a mentor and a sounding block for them i'm oh, sorry standing board for them um get in the gym do some work with them show them how to work and prepare as an afl footballer because you remember these kids come in and sit at the 18 years old and have been thrust into a, an environment where you've got to be super professional some people don't know how to do that that's mm. so my role just to keep them up and about and um and how to learn and and quickly become an AFL footballer with all the professionalism and the, um, and the stuff that goes on with being a footballer.
0: Yeah. Hey, life at the club, obviously now it's a lot different than when you started your career. I think you were completing year 12 in your first year. You trained for three three days a week, started at four, went to school, nine to three, one meeting a week. I know you said before that you don't think the record will be broken because of how demanding life is as a footballer at the moment, and now, these days mentally and physically, but I reckon it's due to not a lot of people having the same level of competitive fights and attitude that you had and your actual love of training. Do you think that was part of the secret to playing over 20 years at the top level?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I was. I'm a competitor. Um, I grew up. You know, my dad was a super competitor and still is, and um, my genes just made me a competitor. And I want to improve every single training session. So I actually enjoyed the, the aspect of going to training every day and challenging myself and trying to improve, whether that was in the gym or on the training track, or there was just some leadership stuff. Uh, I always enjoyed the improvement part of football. Uh, but like you said, I did. Um, I did start in a different different environment where. I was completing year 12 and um, just three days a week I was training with maybe an extra boxing session or something like that. And now it's, uh, the psychology part of football or the mental part of football is so different and I think that's why people are not playing for as long. But uh, I guess it's a combination of both, both of those things. My competitiveness is certainly the thing that drove me to try to win another premiership and, and keep a high standard at, at the at the best level.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you play your first game in round 22-96 against the Tigers. The team wins the flag that season, but you missed out obviously on the senior grand final, but you, run, you won the reserve grand final that same day. 97, you're part of the best 22. You make the prelim. 98, you're the best team in the comp. Unfortunately, they don't kick straight in the granny. 99, you finally win that senior premiership with North and the team gets that reward for the dominant. What did it feel like to be part of that premiership firstly, but also that era of North Melbourne champions?
1: Yeah, and after 99, we went on and played in a couple of more prelims as well. So we had a 96, 97, 98, 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. 2002. I think we had seven really, really good years. Now. Unfortunately, we only won, we won two flags, but I was part of one of them. And What I say, unfortunately, is because I was 21 and I was so naive about Winning the premiership. I thought that I would win a couple of more premierships along the way, um, and that's why I very unfortunate. The fortunate part is that I, I am a premiership player, and it's something I'd hang my hat on and absolutely adore to say I'm a premiership player. But um, I honestly thought I'd win four or five of them. Nice. As it works out, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, and that's probably why I played for so long. I, I achieved so much success so early that when I became good mates with the Drew Petries and Daniel Harris's and Lindsay mm-hmm. Thomas, Daniel, Wells, these type of guys. I wanted to share that experience and that feeling of winning a premiership, premiership with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, it didn't happen again. But um, it was great to go to a football club at a great stage. Um, like you said, I played one game in two, uh, in 1996 in round 22, and um, I didn't think I was going to be a premiership player then. I was only about 68 kilos, so <laughs> I, was, um, I was very slight, very light. Dennis wasn't too keen on playing me, but. Um, I was lucky enough to win a premiership in the reserves that year as well. So we had a big year in 96, and then as you mentioned, uh, 99 was a great year for us.
0: Yeah. That last quarter in 99, I think you run through the MCG and you tap Adam Simpson on the backside, you give him a fist pump. What's gone through your head then?
1: Well, there's not... I'm tipping there's not going to be too many... You know, it comes along every now and then, but halfway through the last quarter, when you're 35, 36 points up, there's there's 10 minutes to go. Um, You know... There's actually a feeling, there's, I think it must have been after we kicked the goal to put a six goals up with 10 minutes to go, that I knew that we weren't going to lose. And oh, I'm sure the coaches didn't think that. I was still listening to Dennis Pagan all the way up to the last minute. You're six goals up, he you thinks you can still lose. But as a player, I just knew that we had that game under control. And I, I remember running back, and it, it's really vivid in my mind, i like can running back to the centre square and just tapping Simo on the backside and saying, mate, we're going to win the premiership. And he had already won 90, 96, but I wasn't part of that. So this was the biggest moment of my life, or my sporting life anyway. Um, And it was just that feeling of just going, wow. And fortunately for me, I, I could really sit back and enjoy that last seven, eight, nine minutes of a grand final. I can only imagine what it's like if it's so close and you've got to fight tooth and nail to the very last second. Unfortunately, um, fortunately for the Kangas in '99, it wasn't like that. And, uh, I knew I was going to win with about seven or eight minutes to go. It was a great feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it obviously changed your career due to the premiership. But I think also winning that EJ Witten medal uh, for your performance for Victoria, was that when the whole footy world kind of started to notice just how good you were and things started to change for you?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. 99 was a really big year. You know, I turned 21 and I played for Victoria. I was lucky enough to win the A.J. Witt Medal, played for the Premiership. So it was probably after that game where the opposition started putting their their most dangerous or their best small defender probably on me because they, they thought, well, you know, if you can kick four or five goals, you can become a match winner in most games as a small forward. So I started getting a little bit more attention. Um, and getting the best defender on me. So it was from that game where I think other coaches sort of realised that I was actually capable. But I don't think I played too many really good games before that where I kicked bags of goals. So that was probably the first time that I, I kicked a good bag and um, and people probably started realising that, that I was capable of, of kicking that, those type of goals in, in games. Mm.
0: And after that, you, you started to get tagged with basically the rest of your career. But I think the most memorable was uh, Ryan Crowley, uh, did you ever forgive him post-footy for uh, giving you a couple of pinches?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, all that stuff. Uh, it's history now. It's, we actually caught up. We played in the AJ Wick game a couple of years ago together. And uh, he actually did radio on the same station I was in. He was obviously over from Perth where he's living. And um, we're going to the exact same hotel. And I walk out the front. He was there. And I, I said, what are you doing? He said, he's catching an Uber. I said, jump in, mate. I'll give you a lift. Uh, fair to say it was a little bit... Um, weird at the start but you know once you start speaking to these guys and get to know they're exactly he's a you know what he's got he's a massive competitor and I I I respect that I respect that he did what he had to do out there at the time did I like it no absolutely not but um, I'm a competitor and and at the end of it you know, if I walk past him now, I'd, I'd walk up, shake his hand and say, hey, "And I'd like to think that he was do exactly the, the
0: exact same thing. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. And that's what I do love about you, Boomer. You are a competitor and you are very, very driven. And I feel like you, you like proving people wrong a little bit. And I, I think a clear example is 2010. I think your, your nan passed away around that time. You had a career low, five possessions against St Kilda. People were writing you off saying you're finished. But can you tell us what happened the next week? Well,
1: I need to cut you off for one second because yeah. You know a lot of information. You read my book, haven't you?
0: <laughs> I've read your book, mate. I've read your book. Listen to all your interviews, mate. I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, there you go. You've done very well,
1: very, very, very uh, well researched. <laughs> um, yeah, my dad did pass away leading into the season. I think we played Port Adelaide yeah. first, and she passed away during that week. And it was such a such a big week. Um, Brad gave me the option that I want to play because it was over in Adelaide. And I actually just thought, yeah, know, I actually really want to play. I think mm. football's my my release from everything. Mm-hmm. If things are not going well at home or at work or whatever it is, football is my release. So no, I, I said, yeah, I'll play. And I think I did quite well that I think I might have kicked two or three goals and had 20 or touches. And, um, it was a bit of a relief, but then the following week was my, my dad's funeral yeah. and it was such a draining and emotional week. I got to the St Kilda game and I got tagged really, really heavily by, Clint, um, by Jones. But it was with the whole St Kilda team and I ended up with four or five touches and it was the first time pretty much ever. I just didn't really feel like I wanted to be out on the football field. Mm. Um, Finished that game and it was just a big blur to me. Um, But then, of course, after that, as you mentioned, the competitiveness probably kicked in and those juices started flowing. And I wanted to prove people wrong because I was 33 or 34 at the time and I think people started writing me off saying, you know, he's coming towards the end now. And uh, the following week turned out pretty well. I had a fair bit of the ball. The tankers won and... um, Makes, you feel, makes me feel a little bit better, that you can back it up and prove people wrong, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and just, just, I know you, you've got to go soon, but I wanted to ask how it, um, at the end of your career, to look back and hold uh, the Games the games record, um, how important is that for you?
1: Oh, I, there's two parts to that. I think that the record for me is fantastic, and you get recognised. People say, you know, in or you interview the Games record holder, and it's sort of, it's, it's kicked in a little bit more now than it did one or two years after I retired, but Being able to share that moment with so many people that helped me along the way, not only family, but friends who have been there since they got, my partner, um, my children were there. and To to share that with them, that was absolutely huge. And the other big part for me is whenever you see it written, it says 432 Brent Harvey, but right next to that in brackets, it says North Melbourne Football Club. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't say North Melbourne slash Hawthorne slash Carlton slash it says North Melbourne and that's something I'm really proud of because I had opportunities to to leave throughout my career for a lot more money but um, I wanted to be a one club player and and that's probably something that sits really really well with me that it says North Melbourne right next to my name so um, to be able to share it with everybody that helped me along the way and even the guys I played junior football with I'm still good mates with to to have them at the game and and, and to do all that sort of stuff and have people watch, and hopefully add a bit of enjoyment out of the day as well. But it's really, really well with me.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent, mate. And it's so great that you are a one club player and how loyal you are. Was was when Dennis Pagan went to Carlton, was that the closest you ever got to you know half considering a move?
1: Oh, I don't think I ever half considered it. The offer was bloody ridiculous to be <laughs> honest. Um, <laughs> to be truthful to you it would have yeah. put me in the best or not the best but the, the top two or three players paid in the competition yeah. um, and I had a great relationship with Dennis absolutely loved mm. him as a coach loved him as a person um, and you do you did I did think about it like at the very start it was like wow you know what this is life changing now this is huge um, so you do think about it for a little bit but when you're five minutes on your own and you're driving home from training um, that one club loyalty uh, they gave me the opportunity. There's so many different things that went through my head. So I don't think I ever got to half considering it. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about it, but I've never really considered the, the offers as a as a move. So uh, North Melbourne, i always going to be my, uh, my club that I want to say it.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, Boom, I think we're right on the 15 minutes. I know you've got to run. Well, what I do with my guests usually at the end, I ask 10 quick questions. So can I ask you 10 quick ones and you say the first thing that pops into your head? for no, right. All right, brilliant. All right, mate, what's your favourite food? Arthur. Favourite movie? Happy Gilmore. Best teammate you've ever had? Lindy Thomas. What team did you love playing against? Richmond. Your biggest fear?
1: My biggest fear, Sharks.
0: Sure. Just- You've, yep. uh, you've admitted you've got some uh, obsessive-compulsive tendencies. What's the weirdest habit you have? Is it that light light switch thing you do? Uh, yes,
1: I've sort of grown out of it. Okay. I'm very deep in my, in my wardrobe and everything. I've sort of grown out of that a little bit, but um, that was one that was really weird growing up.
0: <laughs> if you could recruit one player from any other side to North Melbourne right now, who would it be? Uh, five. Five. Your favourite quote? Yesterday is history,
1: tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. That's why it's called the present.
0: Love it. What makes you angry? Um, What makes me angry? Losing. Losing, good. This is the last one, okay? Will you ever be a senior coach at AFL level? Um, I don't think so. Don't think so. Oh, I hope you do, mate. <laughs> that competitive edge that <laughs> the it teams need a little
1: bit. It leads
0: to do a little bit. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Boomer, you're an absolute champion, mate. That was brilliant. I honestly can't thank you enough for coming on. I know you're a busy man, but you're a hero hero to so many people, including myself. So to hear you chat about footy and your career is a great thrill.
1: So, nah, no worries, mate. Well done. Great interview. Well done.